Ladies and gentlemen, it's your buddy Gavin, filibuster freestyle on a May 5th Cinco de Mayo. Happy Cinco de Mayo to everybody out there celebrating Mexican Independence Day around the world. Because really, unofficial sponsor of the week, Corona Premier. Uh, Corona's done an unbelievable job, at least here in the States, of making Cinco de Mayo a thing, even if you don't happen to be uh, celebrating Mexican uh, Independence Day um, similar to the way that St. Patrick's Day has kind of just become like a holiday. You know, it's, it's you know, kind of the patron saint of Ireland's day, but now it's celebrated the world over. So anyway, happy Cinco de Mayo from the filibuster freestyle. Here we are, May 5th, week four of season eight, Game of Thrones, which means Wine, Wall, and Dragons, episode four with Dan O'Brien. It's coming up right after the theme song. It is right now about 8.17 in the East, which means Game of Thrones starts in about 43 minutes. Quick math right there. Um, just want to say a couple things really quickly. Really just places listening, and then I'll hit the theme song, and we'll bring in Dan O'Brien post-Game of Thrones episode 4. Spoiler alert, the Night King is dead, but um, if you don't know that by now, you shouldn't be listening to this podcast. Um, places listening, besides the United States... Kenya, Egypt, Kuwait, the United Kingdom, Canada, Saudi Arabia, Spain, and Italy all checking in this week on the filibuster freestyle. So, Wine, Wall, and Dragons, episode four, coming up after Game of Thrones, episode four, the final season. Talk to you on the other side of the theme song with Dan O'Brien. Oh yeah, ladies and gents. Uh, I promised you Dan O'Brien on the other side of the theme song. I have delivered. Dan O'Brien, how are you, sir? I'm doing great, Gavin. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm great. You just drove back to Philadelphia from Massachusetts. You were actually at my second cousin, my cousin Patrick's first communion party. You were there. I wasn't because your wife is his godchild. It's almost yeah. inc- as incestuous as Game of Thrones, except not at all. Um, it, it is. But yeah. you, <laughs> you got you. Uh, can you tell the story? Apparently, last week when we were talking, I quoted something. Along the lines of uh, my cousin Stephanie had a fan theory, and I didn't even catch it at the time, I don't think, but <laughs> I think she took umbrage of what your response was. So can you walk me through what went on? And apparently there was some kind of a, a comeuppance or at least a, a moment of truth for you at the, at the party today. <laughs> well, Gavin, um, sometimes we say things on podcasts that we maybe don't mean or we don't think about the repercussions. Like, for instance, calling somebody a dope. Uh, and I may have called your cousin Stephanie a dope. It wasn't. She's a lovely person, one of the loveliest people I know. No question, honestly, great person. Not that I know her well, but we've met a handful of times. Uh, so it wasn't about her personally. It was specific to that to her theory, which I disagreed with, which I, I even forget at this point. Um, but when I said that, I didn't think that six days from then I would actually be seeing her face to face at. A, a mutual relations, me not blood relation, but her, you know, at a, at a first communion party. So when my wife uh, mentioned that, oh yeah, I think Stephanie's going to be there, and I think she might have taken uh, umbrage with something you said at the pod last week. Uh, I got a little nervous, and <laughs> first of all, 
I would just like to apologize to your cousin, Stephanie. <laughs> Lovely person. Of course. Uh, your theories are very smart. Mine are stupid. You are a lovely person. I'm a terrible person. Uh, and I apologize. And also, I had a lovely time with all your relatives, Gavin, by the way. It was it was great for me to drive up there six hours each way over a weekend to go to a First Communion family party, hang out with your family. Um, you know, not all of us could, could be there, apparently. Yeah, I was, I was unable to get there for Patrick's First Communion. Um, sure. But, I, you know, I made it, and it just in a quick jaunt in a weekend. But, you know, I'm, you know, I'm sure we all have our reasons for not getting right. to things and catching up with family and, you know. Other people have different priorities, so that's that is what it is. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. You can't. I can't go to all the first communions, but uh, thanks for going on. Am I in my place? Uh, sure. A, a very we, there was a lot, a lot of Game of Thrones talk uh, at the party today. A lot of theories being thrown out. A lot of people talking about the pod. Which other is, than just me uh, disparaging your relatives uh, randomly. Uh, so it, it was good. There's a lot of chatter. What a full uh, circle moment, though, for for you to have a complete throwaway line last week, and then. To have to see my cousin Stephanie six days later, to your point, but I didn't even really catch it. I feel like last week I was so punchy, and my excuse for not even catching it and maybe defending my family's honor at the time, or at least, I, is that Dan Ruddle was spitting like hot, angry fire last week. Uh, he was, As he does, that's his way, and, and, we, and we love him for it. And I'm not going to disparage yet another person who's not in the pot to defend himself. He's a dope, but Dan, but Dan Ruddle was being a dope. And so I didn't even hear you call my cousin Stephanie a dope. And they're both they're both good people. And uh, let's just let's just realize that this show is best Wine Wall and Dragons, by the way, when it's just Dan and I with no distractions. That's all. Hello. I think I think you just insulted Dan Ruddle right there. We're going to be having a May culpa about that next weekend. The, uh, new, the new plan is to say we're sorry to somebody that we've offended the following week, each week for the next three weeks. Um, yeah. Well, well, I think what we learned from this incident is that Gavin A does not stand up for his relatives when they're challenged or disparaged and be you know can't be bothered to come to family events but i think that's a nice transition to a show about the things that most people will do to save and support their families uh, game of thrones correct really good segue really good segue it's one of the reasons you're the co-host of wine wall and dragons filibusterfreestyle.com everybody it's where you can find us so listen up uh this show turned so hard in 80 minutes yeah, I agree. We had a funeral, which we'll get into. We had kind of the Irish wake party after the funeral. Awkward, yeah. And then we've had the the re. Um, if last week's episode was we were in the moment in real time the whole episode, we went back to people just getting right down the King, King's Road at warp speed um, and being all over the realm. And by the end, we had more deaths and. Everything is in disarray with the humans. So I can't wait to unpack this with you, Dan. I can't yeah, wait. I, I've got a lot of notes, and frankly, I stopped at the point where the dragon died. I just stopped taking notes and started following, just started watching and, and enjoying. And that's not to say that I loved this episode. Well, um, I liked it in that they found a way to get me really confused about what might happen in the final two weeks of the show. Yeah. And so I, I liked and, that they could do that. But. So many things to unpack. I did take notes beyond that dragon dying. By the way, everybody, spoiler alert. <laughs> We're not talking about Viserion the Ice Dragon dying last week. We're talking about a complete sucker punch from Euron Greyjoy with a scorpion. And Rhaegal the Dragon is dead. So that's that happened. 
that was yeah, that was out of no, nowhere. I liked how that was a classic Game of Thrones out of nowhere. Just the, the the two giant dragons majestically flying in the air, and giant crossbows pierce the out of nowhere, and it just falls into the ocean. Sucker punch, a million crossbows too. The crossbow company in King's Landing has been well kept in business during the Battle of the Dead and the Living the last three weeks. So yeah, we, real quick, I know that we're out of we're out of order here, but I just want to say before yeah. I forget. I'd like to give a shout out to me uh, after the first season, the uh, the first episode from this season, our pod. I talked about, I mentioned the crossbows. They're heavily featured in the opening scene. The yes. new, you know, artsy scene. You, they've been hinting at crossbows with Pycelle for uh, like two seasons now. Yes, yes you they knew have. They were going to come into play, and bam, there they were. Yep, no question about it. No question about it. So. We'll just congratulations, by the way. Good pick by you. Oh, thank you. Oh, thank um, you. Thank you very much. I also thought you you did text me before the show that you thought Tyrion was going to die tonight, and I thought at the very end you might have had a shot at that one too. He did I not die, but, but, but we will get there. Um, so the opening scene, it seems like it was three years ago now. God, yeah, right. Starts with Jorah's dead body, Danny kissing him on the forehead. Um, we're looking at. Sansa grieving over Theon's body. By the way, they freshly shaved Theon's corpse. Interesting flex there by the show, but okay. Uh, but Theon cleanly shaven, uh, given a hero's burial. Basically gigantic funeral pyres, dozens and dozens of funeral pyres. All the living... Gigantic, gigantic, but I still thought it did... Like I thought like tens of thousands of people died. I, and I agree I, with you. I saw, I saw hundreds... I saw Hundreds of people on a funeral pyre. Like yeah, maybe, but like, we're talking. About, I mean, it was a ton, and they made it. They made it big. But I feel like they could have CGI some some more pyres there just to make. Although it was it was ridiculous as it was. Like how where did who built all these things that that quickly? Um, yeah, but, while the self was building crossbows, they were building funeral pyres with all the yeah. wood that was left over after. I mean, come on. Anyway. So, good time. Hey, we don't want to, we're not going to get into the details. Like, like, we definitely don't have time to, to nitpick on that because uh, there's plenty to talk about. So, yeah, Ghost is back again. And John gives so a great. I'm happy to see that. Yep, he's missing an ear as Dan Reynolds, who's not a dope, pointed out, uh, texting us during this show. But Ghost, we'll, talk, we'll get back to Ghost in a minute, but Ghost is back. They wasted no time there. John gives a nice speech. Again, this feels like it was three years ago, not an hour and a half ago. Um, he said, that he said about the people who gave their lives, they were the shields that guarded the lives of men, and we will never see their like again. And how quickly do we forget the sacrifice that was made upon the fields of Winterfell? That was, that was John proving again why he would be such a great king and why people love to follow him. Um, yes. And yeah, it's a no-brainer, but we, I think we all know it's never going to happen. Yes. Even the realm would be better off for it. Yes. Now... Really interesting. Um, sorry. Oh, well, my one hot take from that scene is the stench of all the bodies get must have sm- been burned on the pyres. It probably smelled all the way to King's Landing, I feel like. Um, I mean, not to mention the, the, the people, they're not the people, like the, the zombies that were already dead. There had to be tens of thousands of those, too. What happened to those guys? Yeah, we, they, they, really, they really brushed aside some of the details there. Um, I could, you could do a whole season just on the cleanup from that battle. Yeah, seriously, that should have been behind the episodes for sure. Um, I'd watch it, but so of course you would. But so we get to you guys still watch Big Brother, not to be a jerk, but I mean you'd watch anything. Please don't out me on that. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, 
I mean, I may have bit lancet it occasionally, sure, yeah. I mean, it's all good. It's all good. Um, so, uh, so much action. Um, there's a big post-funeral feast at Winter, Winterfell. Um, yeah. Gendry and the Hound get into a little sparring thing where Gendry's talking about, where's Arya? The Hound gives him a little bit of crap for it. Then Danny calls Gendry out and is like, you're Robert Baratheon's son, which could have gone many ways. And she was I like... I got really nervous And she's like, you, you should be the Lord of Storm's End and I can make you the Lord of Storm's End because I'm the damn queen. And uh, Davos is like, yep, sounds good to me. And everybody says, huzzah to Lord Gendry. Good. Yeah, it was a great, it was a great uh, ending for, for Gendry's storyline. Yes. M- m- most likely. So Davos... Uh, Tyrion are talking about the wet, the Red Woman, the Lord of Light. Again, this feels like three years ago. They paid a little bit of fan service with Davos saying, I don't get it. The Lord of Light, we fought his war, we killed the Night's King, and then he basically just leaves. Which is fan service to all the book readers being like, the show has abandoned the magical aspects of the show, and the show literally is doing an about-face and just not worried about the undead anymore, or Ralor, the Lord of Light, or Azar Asi, or whoever. And I think great I think point. it was a great point. I think Davos was like, "Yep, show watchers, we're abandoning it. We're going back to Kingsland." There was a whole storyline in the books, but also in the, in the shows for the first couple seasons about like the red comet in the sky and what that meant, yep. bringing them. You know, yep. they just totally dropped that. Which I, you know, for the story purposes, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, and so so Davos basically gives the fans what they want, which is a show winking at the camera and saying, "Yep, we're going to totally scrap that angle." Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um. Fireside chat, Tyrion and Bran. Bran says, you shouldn't envy me. I mostly live in the past. Good times. Uh, this is, just, again, it feels like two different episodes, but Tormund starts making more rounds of toasts. He says vomiting is part of celebrating. The only one who seems unhappy to start is Sansa, but everybody then catches the unhappy bug. I want to get through all the Winterfell stuff because so much more crap happened. Um, the f- I love the Winterfell I, I really enjoyed the Winterfell stuff a lot more for, uh, for reasons I'm still trying to unpack. I think it's because it was the closure to last week's, like, everybody got left with Jorah's dead, Arya's the hero, Red Women walks into the walks into the snow, turns a thousand years old, and dies, and fade to black. And so we all wanted to see some kind of follow-up to that. And the show was like, sure, here, we're going to do it in 15 minutes, and then we're going to do another hour of television about a completely different part of the realm. And right. I, think, I think you were longing for that closure, and they gave it to you, but then they were like, we only got three episodes left, guys, so we're taking you on a ride. Yeah, I, I feel like they needed one more season, quite honestly, to add on to this because they're really rushing a, a, a bunch of things. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I did have a couple questions from the Winterfell yeah, uh, please. scene, the after party. Um, the one is, what happened to Melisandre's necklace that she took off? You know, I, I don't think we'll ever have that question answered, but I mean... Seemed like that was a really magical necklace, and it was just dropped in front of the gates. I'm sure somebody picked it up. Yeah, that's probably at the gift shop or something in the uh, King's Landing gift shop, or not probably not King's Landing, maybe like Winterfell gift shop. I don't know. Um, it was beautiful. I mean, it's worth something, and I don't know if it's just magic for her or if it's magic for anybody. But I mean, shoot, I think somebody should give it a try. That's a hot take uh, and a good take at that. Um, oh, thank you. I, it was okay. I also um, feel like go ahead. What else? Yeah, yeah. What else you get from Winterfell? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I was glad that Arya's getting her due. I think there's a lot of concern that maybe, you know, Arya killed the Night's King, but maybe that whole message would not get out to the rest of the, everybody, that she was the actual real hero um, of the battle. And, you know, it's, she got a shout-out that she everybody acknowledged that she was awesome. Yes. Um, so I was really happy to see that. Um, 
my other note from that is just Tormund is amazing. Every line he's had for the since he since like whatever season he was introduced, pardon me, introduced that uh, has just been amazing. He comes in, throws ninety eight miles an hour for like two scenes every episode, and, and just disappears. And everybody loves him, and he survives everything. Um, and I I, lo- I love him uh, like a let's say cousin. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. We love yeah. our cousins on Wild and Dragons. We love them. And, uh, sure. no, well, not that way, but yeah. Cool. Oh, good point. Good point. We'll get to that later because there is some actual cousin loving that, that so much going on. This, I mean, oh, we, we almost need two, like, pod, two pods in this episode. It's crazy. I mean, how many times does a filibuster freestyle have to talk about incest because of the show? It, it makes me uncomfortable. I'm sure it makes you relatively uncomfortable, probably. Well, the most, um, the, of course it does. But the most important thing, I want to get that out there. The most sure. important thing is, and this is skipping around in Winterfell, but let's stay in Winterfell at least. Danny's basically trying to go back in a time machine and put the genie back in the bottle that she doesn't know that John is actually her nephew or whatever. But yeah. I'm, I started to write, wow, the show is just going to lean right into this and go with it. And then John's like, you know. <laughs> and then they get into a whole thing, which we'll get into. But I think the show essentially said tonight that even though Tyrion was trying to force it all the way back down in Dragonstone towards the end of the episode, that the show is going to abandon the incest uh, the incest angle, most likely. Which... Good for that. Not, not without one last heavy makeout session between aunt and nephew. Yes, they, they, de- they definitely wanted to at least put us down that path and then pull it back instead of just say, hey, you told me that I'm your aunt, so clearly we can't be together like that, so what are we going to do? She was like, no, let's make out and pretend it didn't happen. So, and it, I mean, it was a heavy, passionate, long kiss, and I was squirming on my couch. It was uncomfortable to watch that, knowing what we know about them. And now that they know, it's even more uncomfortable. Um, and I, I venture to say that we'll never have another major show whose heroes are in an incestuous relationship. I mean, the only, the only way... Listen, the only, the only thing even somewhat close, and it's not close at all was back in the original Star Wars in 1977 when Luke Skywalker and Princess Leia kissed once uh, and then magically they were brother and sister like after. But to your point, they didn't know. <laughs> they, they didn't know and they just like innocent peck on the lips. It wasn't really like a... No, no question. It wasn't kissing of the French variety. Co- correct, correct. Westerosi or, or otherwise French kissing. So let's just talk about Danny, though, dude. So, you know, you got Varys is the first person to kind of notice that, you know, Tormund and, his, and all the guys are happy with John, and Tyrion's laughing with Jamie, and Danny's feeling alone. And, and it just, I just wrote down heel turn groundwork being laid for Danny. Varys totally is, is in on it. Um, I mean, yeah. Varys is. As always, the, when he's not the most boring character in the realm, he is the most uh, untrustworthy and unpredictable. He sees all the angles, Barris. He, you know, he's um, and I usually he's. I feel like he sees all the angles and gravitates towards the bad guys. Yes. Um, but this episode, he saw he's seeing all the angles at a time, and it seems at least. I mean, we could totally be hit with a steel chair next episode but it seems like he's gravitating towards the force of good which is not Danny's side right now and we've been seeing this heel turn come for uh, for episodes if not 
a season or two, quite honestly, if you really want to be a prognosticator. Yeah, I um, think once she burned Samuel Tarley's father and then his brother, that's yeah. when that's when you couldn't deny that she had a little mad king in her. Exactly, um, yeah, yeah. You know, she and is so her father's everybody daughter. Sees, everybody sees that now. Um, very, who has, as Tyrion alluded to, has served under five or six different rulers, um, but managed to survive, which is a, a testament to his... Um, you know, yes, his uh, savvy, um, but he sees that this is not going well with Danny, and that we there's a better option in John. I think you and I have both said in the past. I don't think the end game is either one of them. Quite honestly, I don't um, either. But now it's like, well, who's it going to be? And and we can get into that, and we're going to get into that over the next two weeks too. But um, man, they, they, like they did do a really good job of making this incredibly murky. Um, yeah. Which I, yeah, which I appreciate because it, you know they're whitt- they're whittling down characters. Um, they they whittled down. There's no more White Walkers or Nights King, so it's pretty. It's going to be one side or the other that wins. But still, you and I are sitting here, and we have no idea who is going to going to prevail. Right next. now, here are the X here are the X factors, though. Okay, here's, right. here's what we've learned. And again, in an episode chock full of information. Um, one, we know that the Hound is going down for Clegane Bowl. He essentially all but said it, and Arya knows it. Gendry, the new Lord of Storm's End, the new Lord of Storm's End, professes his love and actually proposes marriage to Arya. Oh, that was a great scene. I, lo- I really enjoyed that. I love those two, and I also understand the fact that they're not ultimately compatible together because Arya is never going to be anybody's like lady. She's... She's a boss on her on her own. Yes, um, and she, you know, ever since from the first episode, that was true to her character is that she's never like fit into the, uh, you know, a, a docile wife or a lady or something like that. Um, she's a stone cold killer, uh, and I love, but I loved the two of them, and I love them. I love their storyline. I'll just say that, and I think it, it seems like it's over, which is a shame. They're both going their own ways. Yep. Um, but that was a lovely scene. Like it was in the stable. She's uh, him kneeling down, proposing. I, I liked it. I'll just say that it was nice, and I liked it too. And who knows where Gendry's going to end up next or not? You know, in the do next you think two weeks. We'll see him? What's that? Do you like? Do you? I, I feel like they sort of clo- tied a bow on his storyline, and I'm not even sure we'll see. Like we might sure, not. I guess he might fight, but I, I, I don't. I feel like they've sort of like okay, and Gendry is going to be. The leader of the whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, and that might be it. And so we learned that. We learned that, you know, off camera, Yara Greyjoy has reclaimed the Iron Islands. And, good for her. And we also, Love yeah, of course. And we also hear from Varys that the new Prince of Dorne, whoever the hell that is going to be, has also pledged allegiance to Daenerys Targaryen. So, you know, we learned that basically, even though a lot of us speculated, wow, she has no more forces, um, he basically says, "No, it's about even." And he kind of no, sets the stage that, like, "Hey, we got we got two dragons for the moment. We've got the Iron Islands. We've got the new Prince of Dorne. We've got some Unsullied. They even said they still have some dumb Dothraki, which is total BS. They all died." When they said that they still had half of the Unsullied and half of the Dothraki, I was like, "I'm not sure we were at the same battle." Yeah, we they- went to the battle where all the Unsullied died, besides Grey Worm. And all the Dothraki are definitely dead. That's the battle yeah, I was I'm, at last week. I don't know about you. I'm not sure there was 10 Dothraki that came back from that original charge last week. Right. So anyway, uh, yeah. we, we, we've been basically told that all hope is not lost, that Danny still has about an equal army, especially with the North's people. I didn't plan on getting into this, but Sansa's like, my people don't want to go with you. 
And we'll, we'll get into that chestnut because it was a nice little scene slash a crazy little scene at the Weirwood yeah. Tree, the Godswood. Um, oh, yeah. Between the Sansa, Stark, uh, the Stark, the Stark siblings, if you will. And this goes back into, and again, we're jumping around because there was so much to do, but when Danny and John were having their let's go back in time and make out ma, uh, scene, Yuck. she's like, you can't tell anybody. And he's like, they're my family. It'll be cool. Oh, jeez. And yeah. the most ironic foreshadowing of all time. So one, Bran is like, John, if you don't want to tell the two girls what I know, <laughs> I'm, I'm down to live with it. Yeah, so he told two friends, and they told told two friends. And right, and like, so Varys, of course, later in the show says, well, if eight people know, soon a hundred are going to know, and a hundred knows, everybody's going to know. So Every scene seemed to be more people telling what uh, something they just well, swore to never tell anybody. Dude, it is basically the best gossip in the history of the realm. So, it really is. And now the Master of Whisperers, Varys, knows about it. So, so it's over. Good God, y'all. Um, yeah. Yes, everybody knows, everybody knows. So, obviously, Arya knows. Sansa knows. Now... Arya left after she heard that news. She's going down to probably try to kill Cersei. Is that, uh, is that the mission? That, that is what we all think it is? That's got to be what it is. And she's going with the Hound, who's going to kill his brother. And guess what? Cersei and the Mountain hang out in the same spots. So we're probably going to get that. Those two are going to somehow in the next two weeks definitely show up in, Guys, in and around the Red Keep. Um, that, scene, what, that scene when they end up squaring off, and I don't know if it's going to happen at the exact same time or whatever, but... That is going to be so much fun. Yeah, that, that'll be or, that might, or tremendously heartbreaking. I don't know, but it'll be fun. It'll be fun in the lead up. Like when it starts to go down, it'll be great. For instance, this is my, this is my thing with with Arya though. Is she saved the day with her superhero moment last last week? Yes. I don't know if she's going to get two of those. Yeah, you I know? completely agree with you on that. Though, I, and I don't like. I want her to, but I don't know if that's feasible. Dude, there's just so many variables. There really are. Yeah. Um, and I agree with you. They gave her like a huge, like she, yeah, she had the ultimate job and she did it. Oh, it was awesome. So it is what it is. Um, all right, so Bronn shows up. Actually, really quickly, Brianna Tarth was a virgin. I say was because her and Jamie Lannister boned, to use the parlance of our times. And um, good news is Jamie had relations with somebody who was not his twin sister. Good for him. Step in the right direction. Yeah. Um, um, I, I did, like, I know they've kind of, like, you know, hinted at this for three, four seasons yes. since Jamie and Brienne were, to, you know, he, like, flirted, when they first met, he, like, flirted with her, but not, like, seriously. Like, he was just kind of playing around with her when he was, he was, like, a jerk. Um, but then you, they, you, they've really had a bond. I still did not see the Jamie Brienne thing coming. Um, I didn't think that would be. A, an actual relationship and I also didn't think I would say the following sentence to my wife who again only <laughs> missed the first five seasons of the show right. so I do I still have to give a little background of like oh so blah, blah. and I, I told her I was like yeah so Brienne like they was clearly stated that she was a virgin um, and then I met I told Dara that I was like also the only person even though he's a super handsome guy and everybody loves him well, you know, he's attractive. Everybody's attracted to him. Said so the only person Jamie slept with is his sister. I never thought I'd say that line about a hero of a show that I'm following. Um, but yeah, so it was a big deal. Like, dude, let's not forget that Jamie has only been with Cersei, too. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, so let's this not was forget. A big deal for both of them. Yeah, big deal for everybody. Um, and it's set up some for some stuff later in the show, which we'll get to. So 
Braun shows up with the crossbow with, with that Tyrion killed their father. Tyrion killed his father with like four seasons ago. Yeah. Braun essentially says, "Listen, I only need one of you guys alive, but either way, you know, Cersei promised me River Run. What do you got?" Tyrion said, "I'll give you High Garden, dude." And that's the one that Braun wants. Remember when Braun said on the Loot Train episode, "I want that castle. You guys promised me a castle." Blah blah blah. So yeah, High Garden's got they've got the great wine, right? They've got that's beautiful. It's like it's like the. Uh it's the it's the reach. It's the guy. It's the garden. It's the road. It's, it's where uh, Mar- Marjorie Terrell was from. It's it's you know Oleana Terrell. It's a lot of money, a lot of everything. It's definitely better than River Run. Um, yeah. But anyway, Bron basically said, "Okay, well, just don't die, and um, I'll be back." So that's going to be interesting to see if and when Bron comes back. Um, I will just say real quick, but before we move on from Braun, Braun, I, I like to see him. Um, he always adds something to a scene. He's interesting. He's funny. But I feel like he's a poor man's torment. Well, no I question. Think I think I think Braun was supposed to be the torment, and then somehow torment just eclipsed Braun. And so, you know, you've yeah, got you've yeah. got you've got the guy. You know, here's here's the thing. This is like just popped into my head. But back in the day, um, uh, Happy Days, Fonzie was supposed to be kind of like a bit character. Richie Cunningham was supposed to be the star of the show. And then, Amer- and then America was like, no, we like Fonzie. And Happy Days <laughs> became about Fonzie, essentially, right? Tormund is, fo- is the Fonzie of, of all the, 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 the filler characters of Game of Thrones. I'll give you a more current example. Well, it's not very current, but uh, Family Matters. Oh, Urkel, Steve Urkel. Urkel, exactly. Urkel was supposed to be a bit character now, and then uh, next thing you know, he became, they were doing whole seasons around the Steve Urkel character. Um, and so is, I guess we're saying Tormund is Urkel? But in a good way. And Fon- or Fonzie? Still in a good way. But yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's not a literal connection. <laughs> I, would watch, I would watch a Tormund spinoff. Yeah, no question. Which, by the way, Tormund did say before he went north, above the wall again, um, Johnson, I guess like, this is, Johnson, I guess this is farewell. And Torment yeah. said, "You never know." You know. Thank God for that "never know" line. That's doing a lot of heavy lifting because I really hope that we see him again to help. But also, who's he going beyond the wall with? What are there four free folk left? Yeah, and apparently he's bringing Ghost, which I don't like. I don't care for that at all. Just to really dismiss it. Re- I, I, and that's why I think, I hope we'll see them again. Yeah, I think yeah, Ghost is gonna know, especially now that Ray Gal the Dragon is dead. Ghost is gonna know that John needs him more than John thinks he needs him, and that's the only shot we're gonna see Torment and Ghost again. Is if they double back, because that's what you do for a friend. And when John's at his like ninth ninth life, they're gonna show up and maybe help him out if he needs him, or if it's a revenge for John dying. Maybe it will be. Maybe it will be. All right, but then we're getting we're getting ahead of ourselves, which I like because we got to do a little bit of that. Um, yeah. So Tormund's going north. Okay, John's giving him ghosts. Interesting. Gilly is pregnant with Sam's baby. Sam is staying at Winterfell. They say they're they're alleged goodbyes. Um, man, and then we get some foreshadowing with people are now on their way to different places. Grey Worm and Missandra look really happy to be almost back to Dragonstone, and that went sideways in a hurry. Because Missandra got captured, we'll get into that, by Euron Greyjoy's fleet. Holy shnikes. Um, Varys... Really, really more, more very poor tactics there, I just have to say. No question. Um, 
Varys is openly worrying about Danny's state of mind. And that's when... That was the most frank that Varys has been in eight seasons. Yes. Yes, it is. But then I'm literally... I'm writing that down. I'd write down Varys is worried about her state of mind. And then I write, whoa, Rhaegal is dead, shot by scorpions on urine ship. Like, saw that... We already alluded to that, Dan, but did not... At any moment during that majestic dragons around Dragonstone shot, did I think that was going to result in like sixteen crossbows hitting Rhaegal and him falling into the sea? What was your yeah. what, was, what was going through your head there? Well, it it jolted me so much that I just stopped taking notes from the show at that point uh, and just started and watching and enjoying. Um, but I, I. It, it was frustrating, quite honestly, because all of these these scorpion crossbow things are mounted to the front of all the ships. All Danny has to do is fly behind the ships and burn them the entire fleet up. Uh huh. Um, uh-huh. You know. Yep. They're they're mounted. They're not. They're stationary. They're not like they don't move around. And the second thing is, you've got two giant dragons. Is there not a scout team there? You can't fly high and scout ahead. Like you're flying to Dragonstone, uh, some castle. With two giant dragons and nobody's flying ahead to, to oh, make sure yeah. the situation. Yeah, and like also, you're in Greyjoy knows enough to know that's where you're going to go next, but you don't know enough to like like to your point scout it out. Yeah, but it it, it just shows a little bit of a um, hubris on Danny's part, or, or a lack of hubris uh, on Danny's part, and it just just the self a, a, a self inflicted wound. Quite honestly, they, they it was needless. Well, she's now lost two dragons due to just f- bad foresight. Lack of foresight. And then she just ran away and let her fleet get destroyed. Which, again, interesting to your point, because I wrote down, Danny is, you know, ticked off significantly. She's looking to, like, just looking down the barrel of those scorpions, looking like she just wants to burn you into his face. And to your point, she could have just gone, gone high or gone low or taken a wide berth, gone around the back, and burn them all to the ground or to the sea, to the bottom of the sea. And I know that would have killed the narrative of the show, but like it was the right thing to do in terms of the next move. She's been in many battles with these things before. I've never been in one battle with a dragon. Even I know that. True. It's a little bit of an armchair quarterback, but you did. You definitely realize it in real in real time. You I think did. she would have as well. Not twenty twenty hindsight. I was in the moment thinking this. Agreed. So that's a bad look. So next thing you know. Tyrion, again, jumps off the boat because they're getting the boats are getting destroyed by the catapult things of scorpions as well. Tyrion right. then gets hit in the head with a mast, it looks like. Faded black. I thought the show was over. It wasn't. So did I. I thought it was too. And then they're all you know, coming, kind of coming to the beach. Everybody's there besides Missandra. Tyrion, who got hit in the head with a mast, totally awake, totally fine, no concussion. Okay, fine. I'll believe that. Missandra, gone. We learn that she's about to be the prisoner of Cersei Lannister. Um, I think we all saw what was going to happen. We knew what was going to happen at that point then to her. Probably not a good sign for her. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I want to get to that. I want to give it its own due in a minute. But um, then we we go back to... uh, Okay. Varys is trying to talk some reason into Danny after the whole I don't like her state of mind talk from like two scenes earlier. She's obviously not in the mood for reasoning. Masandra's gone. Her dragon's dead. She already has a hot temper, pun intended. Um, and then Tyrion says, well, why don't we at least try to treat with Cersei? Danny says there's no point. But she does say, and I quote, they should all know whom to blame when the sky falls down upon them. 
<laughs> Which leads to Tyrion slugging wine, Varys and he in the Dragonstone throne room, and theory, Tyrion after having to say to Varys, thoughts aren't treason, because now Varys is like, dude, it's either Jon Snow or bust, and I'm on the side of the realm, which is why he's served seven or, seven or eight kings at this point. Yeah, uh, Varys, Varys never puts it out there either, and he was putting it all out there, it seemed. No question. And he literally says, each of us has a choice to make. I pray we choose wisely. So, then we go back to Winterfell, and this is actually a, a, a new, like, a heel turn that I don't know that we all saw coming, because Jamie was going to stay and play house with Brienne, and then he gets a little bit of news that Euron Greyjoy killed the dragon and has Missandra, and all of a sudden, he tries to sneak out on Brienne in the middle of the night. She begs him to stay, and he's like, Cersei's the worst, so am I, she's hateful, I'm hateful, I choked out Lancel Lannister for her. I killed a bunch. I pushed Bran on a window for her. Like, I'm a fool for love. You always remember your sister. So they made that a little ambiguous. Was he, why is he going to King's Land? Is he going to protect her or to not protect her? That I think they purposely left up to interpretation. But I think Brienne is looking at it as you're going back to protect her. Now, I think when he realizes that Euron Greyjoy is now being purported as the father of Cersei's baby, which she created with Jamie, right? While Euron was out of the like, literally out of the country, you know, sailing around the world for the Golden Company, uh, <laughs> I I don't think it's going to go very well for Jamie, Euron, and or Cersei. And uh, all, all three, I think it's going to end poorly for all three of them. Um, which I and that's why I think Brienne was her, her knowing. That Jamie's going down there. Whether she knows the reason or not, I think she all she knows he's not coming back. It ain't ending well, right? Yeah. Which yeah. you know, the Hound already said he doesn't plan on going back to Winterfell or back to, to anything. Arya said it too. A lot of people are ready to make their last stand in the Red Keep. Um, yeah. yeah. So go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just saying that everything everything's pointing to the Red Keep. We we've known that for you know for a while now. Um, well, and A, I would watch a, a buddy comedy road movie with Ari and the Hound, no just question. doing things, no question. just being awesome. Just being awesome. Um, but although it's not really even because Arya now is just like so much farther above the Hound. The Hound's just a great fighter, and he's interesting, and he's funny in that he's so angry all the time. Yeah. Um, but Arya is just like another level, like ninja, uh, which is awesome. Um, but I. I've, Everybody going to the Red Keep, it's going to be bloody next week. That's all I know. And I don't know if we want to get, uh, we, uh, I don't think we want to get to predictions necessarily, but. Well, I got a few more things that happen, and that might actually inform some of our predictions. Cause, okay, good. And obviously you were there, and those listening probably were there too, but we get uh, basically a standoff of the OK Corral outside of King's Landing. Oh, God, yeah. And it's like Danny and like, you know, 100 soldiers versus the entire massive army of Cersei Lannister. First of all... That was great. And the juxtaposition of what they sent last time with all the Dothraki and all the Unsullied and yes. multiple dragons, you know, yes. just having like a very small rectangle of soldiers and one dragon in the background, um, they are now the underdog, apparently. This, this is the one thing that I'm having trouble uh, reckoning with, is that 
since they've made Danny make this very gradual heel turn, not that she's even a a total heel right now, but she's just, it's been like a lot of like, hmm, moments. Like, "Eh, I don't care for that decision. But then they're compounded. At this point, the leaders of the two armies, I don't necessarily care for either of them. Correct. You know, I'm I'm rooting for people in, obviously, in Danny's army. Or, you know, John and every, you know, Davos, all those people. But I don't, it's really tough for me to 100% care when if either of the leaders, if both of the leaders died, I'd be like, yeah, okay, yeah. Well, this is what leads me to believe that neither one of those two are going to survive to the end of the last episode. I think think what we're going to probably get is they've done a really good job of tearing Danny down because, you know, over in Essos, you know, again, she freed she freed Slaver's Bay. She right. tamed the, she tamed the Dothraki herd twice. You know she sometimes would use violence to do those things, but like people do look at her as a leader. So this is like they're having trouble with the story, and I get it, and they're probably going to figure it out. But I think what it sets up for is she's going to do something either really brave or really dumb, and she's not going to make it. And my my only prediction is she's going to make the choice on the side of quote good. And it is going to be what it is, but she's not going to make it out alive. And Cersei's not going to make it out alive either. I just don't think she can. It's no, a nice- there's no Cersei has been evil incarnate from episode one. Right. There's there's a lot of other people who have making it like Jamie, like we said, pushed a child out of a window in episode one of the uh, of the series. Correct. And now he's a good guy. Sansa, I loathed for the first couple of seasons. Definitely the first season. Yep. But. You know, and now she's a complete boss, and like she might be the front runner if I was a betting man to be the the ruler at the end of this whole thing. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, a lot of people have had really interesting char- character arcs and like going up and down. Cersei has always been the villain. No question. Um, even more more so than the Night King. No question. Well, the Night King only had like three seasons. She's had it eight. Yeah, um, and in every single episode, even the shame episode, when she got totally shamed, like I, I was like, oh yeah, I don't feel bad for her, really. You know what just popped into my head, though, man? What? Because you were just talking about Sansa's kind of like, in my mind, one, Sansa's not going to King's Landing, so she, so she in theory should be alive at the end, right? Right. Um, Gendry's still up there. What if the two of them just wind up getting together at the end? Wait, no way! Wait, like she—he's gonna leave. He's gonna cheat on Arya. I know Arya. I mean, Arya. What if Arya doesn't make it? No. Well, Arya, there. Then that is going to be some tough. Like, what if Arya doesn't make it, and Gendry and Sansa, you know, they're grieving, and it is what it is, and the Baratheons and the Starks, full circle there. I'm just saying, I don't know. We're talking. We're talking about a show where there have been multiple incestuous relationships between the heroes. So I'm not going to say anything's off the table. But I don't see Gendry proposing to Arya one episode and within the next two episodes, like, being linked to Sansa. Also, I don't see Sansa with any dude. Uh, I, I think she's had some really bad experiences, and I think she's, she's sort of uh, on her own. Okay. Again, Gendry, no, I, I, I don't see. I can't, right. well, I can't I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not worth. I'm not. You know. I'm not. I'm not going to die on yeah, that hill. You're being a dope. Just for ridiculous. <laughs> just like Dan Ruddle and your cousin Stephanie. For God's sake. <laughs> this is amazing stuff. Speaking of dopes. Okay. Speaking of dopes. 
I'm just kidding, Stephanie. Right. Dan, we're serious about you, though. And me, too. I'm dope, too. <laughs> I mean, I just said that Gendry's going to get together with Sansa to end the thing. That's probably not true. Anyway, so speaking of a couple dopes, you got Kyburn and Tyrion doing the hand, you know, the hand of the queen and the hand of the queen talking instead of the two queens talking. Yeah, a little tete-a-tete. Um, little tete-a-tete. Tyrion decides that, you know what, I'm not going to get anywhere with Kyburn. He's a creep. And he, he, he says it's a really nice, sweet appeal to his sister, who clearly he has not ever really gotten to know. To know, Because not only does she not care, she essentially tells Missandra, her hostage of a day, if you have any last words, now's the time. And I thought she was going to push Missandra off. She didn't. The mountain cut her head off. Even worse. But the last thing... The last thing that Masandra says is Dracaris, which we all know in the language of Valerian and dragon language means burn everybody, fire and brimstone, turn it all to ashes, Drogon. Burn it all. So she essentially, the peaceful woman from the Summer Isles, right before she was decapitated by the mountain, who hopefully that means Clegane Bowl will be even that much more satisfying. Yeah, they had to make him a little more uh, awful before next week. No question. Um, she said to Danny and Grey Worm, who was visibly shaken, and rightfully so, mm-hmm. burn it all to the ground. And you know what? Varys can't bring Danny back from that, even if he wanted to. No. I, I was surprised that in that scene, Tyrion, the person, Cersei has hated Tyrion since he was a baby. And they the went over that in the books and in, yes. the, and the, in yes. the show. Has been torturing him and hated him and blamed him because like their, their mom died giving birth to Tyrion. So she's always blamed him for that, and she hated him. And the, the whole prophecy where she thought that Tyrion's going to be the person that tries to kill, that kills her in the end. Um, why didn't she just kill him then? She's been trying to. She's actually been trying to kill him actively for the last four seasons, five seasons. She literally um, told Bronn, "Put a crossbow on this dude with my dad's yeah. crossbow," and then she had a bunch of archers on the wall ready to kill Tyrion. To your point, both queens, self-styled queens. Uh-huh. Huge blunders tonight. Um, but, yeah, she's, and she's trying to start. She's basically trying to start a war. She knows she's going to kill. Missandei um, anyway. Yeah. So why not just take care of you know two birds one stone while you're there? Honestly, she kills Tyrion, and and I, the, the Tyrion the Tyrion get, getting his life spared about four times tonight. Uh, that's going to come back and haunt Cersei for sure. Yeah, that would have, quite honestly, that would have made the episode, if she had killed Missandra and Tyrion at the very end, that would have made the episode better, I think. And, and the reason she didn't is, we don't know about, but I think there's something going on. I don't know what. Agreed. Um, Do you think a steel chair swerve move by Tyrion? Because he's been vouching for Cersei, you know, he's been... Trying, I don't know. Do you, do you think that's possible in the last two episodes? I don't see it. Like it turns out, maybe he's been advocating for Cersei back, you know, behind the scenes. I, I mean, I think it's definitely there to be. I think there's definitely sowing the seeds of doubt in every direction. Like essentially, yeah. from the moment Tormund started talking about Jon Snow being able to fly on a dragon, and, and like it's like Danny's been doing it for years, and no one's talking about her anymore. They've been painting her as alone without Jorah. Can't trust anybody. Feeding the heel turn. Feeding, I mean, we're back to the beginning. We're back to who can anybody trust. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And it's actually a masterful job. I mean, I do agree that if Tyrion had died tonight, too, we all would have been led with, holy crap, Tyrion's dead. Um, 
But anyway, I, I, I'm I'm also angry that Masandra's dead, and I it's totally Danny's move to try to just burn the place to the ground, and that's I don't we got again they didn't show us a lot in the scenes from next week, so I don't know what to do with it. No, and that is, that makes me even more excited because I, you know. You, you know as well as I do, the second to last episode of every season is the one where things happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week is the second to last episode of the entire series. Wow. Uh, wow. I, I forget what the minutes count is on next week's episode, but it's going to be the final battle, as far as I know. You I mean, know like, yeah, I hope so. All, they're all lined up. In, in the scenes, it's like they're all at John and everybody's outside the castle. They're ready to take... King's Landing, um, and I don't know exactly what's going to happen. All, you know, a million different things are, are going to go on, but this could be. I'm not saying that it will never top uh, last week's episode, the Long Night slash the Battle, the Battle of Winterfell. But I think we're going to have a really big action-packed episode, which is not really the hottest take, being that it's the second to last episode of the, the entire series. <laughs> but, but it's a good take. <laughs> I'm. I'll, and I can't wait. Uh, and I'm still. But again, I don't even know what I'm rooting for now because the the leaders of both armies I don't like either of them right now. Yeah. I th- so something else has to happen. A lot has to happen uh, before the end of this. Before these last two episodes are finished. Which makes me really excited. Yeah. I mean, I'm incredibly excited by. The what? Because I again, they've. I've. I have no idea what's going to happen. And they did that all like in an hour and twenty minutes. They went from they went from funeral pyres to dead dragons to Masandra's head gets chopped off to we don't like Danny anymore, but we also don't like Cersei and we have no idea what's gonna happen. It's pretty good eighty minutes. Yeah, I mean they ended the storylines of Sam and Gendry and Tormund and Ghost. Um, I think do you all right, what is your prediction? Do you think there's a bet that Nymeria Arya's wolf comes back in the last two episodes. Yeah. Because she's going south now down the King's Road with the Hound. I think they, she, run, I think they run into her again. I do, too. I hope so. I do, too. I'd love to see Nymeria again and, and hopefully have that be meaningful. It's um, the last wolf. It's now going to be like the last wolf south of the wall. Oh, yeah. And that wolf has accumulated a giant pack of wolves. Oh, I would love to see them run run a swath through the Golden Company. Yeah, because there's no elephants. Yeah. You also have, like you mentioned earlier, you've got the Tyrells and the Martells who hate Cersei. And they all of their, you know, they hate her because she killed all their people. Correct. All the heads. But all their troops are still sitting there. Yeah, um, yeah. I think Dorne... I think maybe Dorne and maybe Yara Greyjoy are going to pull some because all those troops in Dorne never got picked up. All those, you're right. All those troops in Highgard never got picked up. Yeah, and, exactly. And Yara got the island, Iron Islands back. So, so like you know that Euron Greyjoy is going to go down to Yara. It has to happen, right? Yeah, Euron was such a secondary character for this entire thing. It's so weird that he is like the big that you know. Yeah, he's been the X Factor. He's been like you know the, the free agent signing that got him over the hump. Like that, yeah, that's got to turn to fool's gold. I'm, I'm, it's not an. Imp- I'm not impressed. You know, um, but I don't know. I think we're we're going on. We're just speculating. Yeah, at this uh, point, at this point, we I, are. I love the I love the fact that two episodes to go. We still don't know. 
this whole thing I, I've gotten into so many conversations with strangers and with your relatives. Um, what was your about, favorite take of my relatives today? Was anything wild? Oh, yeah. I'll tell you. No, this isn't wild, but I think this is completely what's going to happen. And okay, I, cool. Story, Let's I end on this. Yeah. Stephanie, and I was talking to your cousin Mike and a couple other people, and we all agreed that the end game, like, um, Danny's sitting here playing to be, to sit on the game, to, to the Iron Throne and to be the queen of the seven kingdoms, blah, blah, blah. The end game, but that is not the right call. The end game is the Iron Throne is going to be destroyed at the end. They're going to break the wheel as they've been talking about forever. Yeah. And it's going to be like, not who sits on the throne. It's going to be like, uh, whatever. I don't know if it's going to be a democracy or whatever at the end, but the end game is the throne's going to be destroyed and it's not about who sits on the throne. Yeah, that's a, that's a hot take. I like it. And that's, that's, that's what it should be if she wanted to really it break the wheel. Break the wheel, as she says, as she said at least once, like every season. She yeah, she's <laughs> lost her compass. Her compass was to be a liberator, not a dictator. And now all she wants to do is sit on that throne and be a ruler, and that's not what this show's ever been about. You know, it's all about... Well, they've always pointed to be like, oh, yeah, it's all about who sits on the throne, who sits on the throne. But the end game is the throne's going to get destroyed. Yeah. I buy that. I buy that. That's a nice take by... I think so, too. I think so, too. By my cousin Mike and my cousin Stephanie. Both very smart people. And, uh... Not dopes at all. Not dopes. Not dopes at all. And, uh, you know... I'm glad that you were at my family party today, and I wasn't. You know, I obviously you couldn't, you couldn't be bothered. It's okay. We all have different priorities. We all prioritize things differently. Totally true. Totally true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it is what it is. I got to host a podcast. That you know, pundit Cindy Harrington was in town. I mean, it's crazy. You know. Yeah, I was talking to your parents. I said, "Don't worry. No, he still loves you guys. It's just that he can't come up this weekend. He's got thing. He, he's got a different life. He has different priorities. He loves you know other things besides his family." <laughs> but whatever you know we all yeah you know, hey we all grow own peccadillos yeah you know? right we, we, you know, I love the family I just can't make it to everything but it's okay it's okay as my cousin James once said uh, when 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 I'm in the aforementioned this is this is a, will still be a good one I'll have to apologize for this next week uh, great can't wait so when my cousin Mike turned 29 you'll remember that that's a very monumental birthday by the way turned 29 um, sure, we all remember. His lovely wife threw a party for him at that bar near Larry and Christina's house. What was it called again? Uh, Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh. Callahan's. 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 Yeah. Yeah, one of the two. So Drilling Threes, the band, was booked to play Mike's 29th birthday party. And as always, we didn't have a bass player. So I called James, my cousin. I said, hey, James, are you coming to Mike's party? If so, would you play bass for us? And, he, and this was the year that Jen and Mike got married. And he said, you know... I've celebrated a lot of Mike's milestones this year. I don't think his 29th surprise birthday party is going to be one of them. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I like his style. You know what? James, James and his wife were able to make the party today, too. But, so you know. there you go. So James has changed his ways. It means maybe I can change my ways and be a family man yeah. once again. We, we, were, you know, we were discussing you know, your choices, uh, what choices you make, what, what to do, what not to do. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk off air, you know. Fair. I, I like that. That sounds like Game of Thrones Viano style. <laughs> I like it. Well, listen, we will let's definitely circle back on that after I hit the stop button. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's a big fan of the pod. Uh, you know, they love you and they support you, Gavin. Good enough. Well, <laughs> good enough. I just hope that somebody's still standing in Westeros two weeks from now. 
But I look I, forward to it. I look just look forward to whatever it is. Like uh, real quick, real quick before we end, who's your prediction for last man or woman standing at the top of the heap uh, in two episodes? Uh, dude, I gotta go. I gotta go. Sansa Stark. She seems to be playing the right game right now. Like she, all right. This we we we've, just, we've been trying to end this pod for ten minutes, but <laughs> I'm she, sorry to bring, I'm think sorry about to it though. Think about it. And she and the Hound had the conversation tonight. Like, and you alluded to it a minute ago. Like, like she's learned from all the worst people in the realm, and she started as the most naive, empty vessel. Like in terms of yeah. being, you know, so she knows like every trick in the book, every tool in the toolkit. Like pathological liars. Shrewd, horrible people, you know, the worst people she's been married to. Like, Joffrey was her second best husband after Tyrion because she was married to Ramsay. Like, she killed Ramsay with his own dogs and made the hound laugh about that tonight. Like, That's do I, who do I see playing the Game of Thrones better than anybody? The person who learned at the hands of Cersei and Peter Baelish. That's it. And Ramsay Bolton and lived to tell the tale. I can't disagree. Who do you got? I, I, Sansa. I mean, that's it. Yeah. It's not Arya doesn't want it. She's never gonna. She doesn't want to rule. Nope. Uh, John's not gonna survive this the, this whole series. Probably not. Uh, you know, Bran is just peeping and lurking and being a sphinx. Uh, he, you know, he's he, living in the past. He told you tonight. He's living in the past. Nobody knows what to make of what his deal is. Um, and Danny's gonna die. And you know, yeah, that Sansa is the most logical character to win this whole thing. And I, I would be, it's well-earned and well-deserved. It would be a heck of a tale. You know, like, yeah. like from where she started, and here's the thing, too, actually, she wanted to be the queen. Remember, like, oh, she... Nothing, she wanted nothing more. She wanted yeah. to stay in Winterfell. Uh, sorry, she wanted to leave Winterfell and go with her dad to the King's Landing. Season one. She wanted yeah. to be the queen. She was really ticked off when the Tyrells kind of swooped in and gave Marjorie the deal instead. Oh, yeah. And then nothing got better for her until, honestly, the Battle of the Bastards when she brought in the Knights of the Vale with Peter Baelish and turned the tables on Ramsay. And since that moment, to your point, she's been a boss. Yeah. I think Sansa's going to be ruling whatever democracy or whatever it is. It's, it could even be the free kingdoms of, like, the seven kingdoms are all kind of, like, just the seven kingdoms. Like, maybe there isn't one ruler anymore, to your point. But- yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, it could just be like it, not everybody. Uh, but I, I feel like that's the most logical thing. Sansa's going to win the whole deal. What happens in the middle between now and that end, end point? I have no idea. Totally, that, agree. totally. That's going to be the fun part. The next two se- next two episodes. Next episode. Buckle up, everybody. I think it's going to get ugly. Bloodbath. My final words that I wrote down tonight were: Mountain cuts off Masanda's head. This is going to be a bloodbath. And I am here for it. No question. Why well, I'm all on Dragons. Philbusterfreestyle.com. Dan, stick around for a minute. We'll catch up. Happy First Communion to Patrick. None of my relatives are dopes. Neither is Dan Ruddle. We love everybody. <laughs> Westeros, we can't wait to see what happens to you in the next two weeks. Dan, thanks for being on, buddy. Thanks for having me. I loved it.